beautiful business. Amen. It can be challenging. It can be hard. It can be discouraging. You're going to have a doubt. You're going to have apprehension. And you're going to wonder if this is what you should really be doing because it's not easy, but it's not for everybody.
Bible says that any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Lord. Let the wisdom of God right now fill their minds, God, let it fill their hearts. Be with them, O God. But I can feel the frustration, God, in some of them, O God. Let them know, God, that they must not go near me. But you understand. But you get it. Let them not close. Let them not give up. Let them not give up. Now some of them are one step away, God. Now right when they're ready to quit, they're right on the prison verge of meeting that right contract. They're right on the verge of that right contract. God, they're right on the verge, God, of the next connection, God. Give them faith, oh God. We start small, God. Let them know, God, not to despise the day of small beginnings, God. But you created the seed for them. Help them to appreciate the seed for them. Help them to appreciate, God. Let them know, God, that they need to get their minds off of good, rich, quick things. God, that is work that you got to put in. God, it's labor you got to put in. God, that it doesn't happen overnight, God.
distracted today, amen, and minimize your moving around, amen, and be attentive because you're going to miss a very important word, amen, that God wants to speak to you, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we come before you right now. Father, as we be ready to go into the word of God, I pray for the wisdom of God. I pray, oh God, that you will let our ears be attentive. God, let our mind be soft, God, let our hearts be open to receive. God, cause us right now to see that your people in the beginning of self, oh God, in the beginning of consuming the word. God, let your word, God, sing down into our ears. God, let your word, God, find good ground. Father, let your word, God, for it is the word of God that nourishes the soul. It is the word of God that causes us to stand. It is the word of God that fills us up. God, that we become rooted and grounded and settled in Christ. God, it is your word. For we cannot live by bread alone. But we must have every word that proceeds out of your mouth. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all don't let me take my time to teach you this word today. Let's turn over here to Philippians, first chapter, verse number six. And a lot of times I notice this is how the devil gets victory. Amen. A lot of Christians just simply don't know the word of God. They don't know how to use the word of God. And they don't, they're not attentive to the word. And when the devil comes in their life and starts causing havoc, the Bible says the sword of the spirit is the word of God. So, if you're not giving God's word in your heart and in your mind, the devil is going to come after you. But his knowledge of the word of God, his context and understanding the word of God, this is what's going to cause you to have victory in in your life, the word of God. How many of you know you need the word of God and you need to understand the word of God to know how to apply the word of God? Amen. One, one, one character in the Bible, Job, we begin to say how the word of God was more necessary than his daily food. Hallelujah. So let's look at Philippians. We're going to start at the first chapter. Philippians, and the title of this message today is Anti-Abortion. Anti-Abortion, but I don't want you to think about this carnally, because the word of God just means to terminate before the time. The word of God means to put to an end. The word of God means to stop something that's been birthed before it actually comes to fruition. Amen. And God is birthing something. God has birthed something in you that you can have a mind to avoid it before he brings it to fruition. Amen. And now what's been birthed in you Hell is going to challenge you. Amen. The hell, Jesus said, when I build my church, he said, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He didn't say the gates of hell will not fight against it. He said, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. So you need to get in your mind. That whatever God is birthing you, whatever you have set out to do, whatever vision He has given you of eternal life, of victory, of a successful marriage, whatever your objective is, hell is 
going to fight it. And a lot of people, they don't get the victory because when the gates of hell start to push against what you know God is putting your heart to do, they abort or they give up and they quit. Amen? But I'm going to teach you some principles and some things out of God's Word. Amen. And you need to grab a hold to this. Somebody say, anti Somebody say, I'm not going to kill what God has worked in me. Somebody say, God has worked something in me, in my belly, in my room. And I will allow him to bring it to pass. Amen. You believe God has worked something in you? How many of you really believe God has put something on the inside of you? Amen. Let's go over here to Philippians 1, verse 6. The Paul in this epistle, he said this. He said, Be confident of this very thing, that he which has been doing a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. How many of you are confident to make the good work that God has started in you? He's going to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that today? Amen. How many of you, he had you robbing a little bit on your way, and you weren't sure that he was going to finish that good work? Has the gates of hell been pushing against anything you've been doing? Do I have any witnesses in here that the gates of hell have been trying to make you abort some things? Has he been fighting your marriage? Has he been fighting your deliverance? Has he been fighting your health? Has he been fighting you on any front? Then this word is for you. God is able. But Paul said you've got to be confident that God can finish that good thing that he started in you. Let's go over to Galatians chapter 4. Let me get things real quick. Over in Galatians chapter 4. And this is, if you have your uh, Bible, some of you have your Bible digitally. This passage of scripture I want to read to you uh, from the New Living Translation. Amen. You can follow me in the King James Version. Amen. But I really want you to get this. The New Living Translation is really simple. Uh, in some parts, I use it because it just, in certain times, it can give you a little better clarity on the point. Amen. Amen. And you know you got to be careful with translations because sometimes people, they translate Bibles to make money and they leave out important things. <laughs> That's why you got to know your word. Because you can't just grab any Bible or any translation and start reading it, and they may leave some things out because they're trying to sell books. So you got to be a student of the Word of God and be able to detect when things are outside of the Word. Amen? So let me get to this in the New Living Translation. I'm going to Galatians chapter 4, and I want to read this to you. Amen. Verse 
Isaiah is just talking about Abraham's two children. Amen. Paul was talking about in this passage being liberated from being under the law. <clears throat> and we, we know that what he's talking about when you're living under the law, when you're under there, amen. The laws for the law and the laws of God that apply to our life. Amen. But he's talking about when you begin to move into the new covenant of God, where there was things back there, curses and sicknesses and all kind of things that plagued us. Amen. When we were under that. So Paul is using this just as an allegory to get the church's mind to look forward. He said, tell me, you who want to live under the law, do you know what the law actually says? He said, the scripture says that Abraham had two sons. He said, one from his slave wife and one from his freedom wife, freeborn wife. And the son of the slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. How I many of you know God promised something to you? You don't have to try to figure out how to make it happen. You just got to follow God and allow Him to order your steps. So the first son came about because Abraham and Sarah, in their, their wisdom, they tried to figure out how to bless themselves. How I many of you know sometimes you can try to bless yourself and you can bring things into your life but that's more harm than you could actually bargain for? Somebody said, Don't bless yourself. Just wait on God. Amen. Don't somebody say, don't try to bless yourself. <laughs> they said, but the son of the freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment of his promise. These two women, they serve as an illustration of God's two covenants. He said, the first woman, Hagar, represents Mount Sinai where people received the law that enslaved them. And now, Jerusalem is just like Mount Sinai in Arabia because she and her children live in slavery to the law. It says, but the other woman, Sarah, she represents the heavenly Jerusalem. She is the free woman and she is the mother or she is the mother of us all. Now look how he said this in the King James, verse 26. And y'all catch this, because if you miss this, I know y'all stuck on Mother's Day, but I'm trying to show you who your real mother, who your real mother is. See, when you start walking with God, you got to learn how to get your mind in the spirit. And you got to be able to see things. But Paul began to write the Galatian church, and he began to say the Jerusalem that's from above is the mother He's talking about the spirit that's in the new. How many of you know God has promised us a new Jerusalem? How many of you know there's a city that's waiting on us that human hands have nothing to do with? It's not like Lafayette, Baton Rouge, Lake Charles, New Orleans. Human hands have built these early cities. But the city that God has promised us, there's a, you know, cities to take upon the culture of the people that are there. Whenever you come to Lafayette, you know the French built this. You see the floor of the league, that's Lafayette. You hear things like Jar the Green or the Jar of Life. You hear things like all kind of things that let you know you are in a city that was settled by people from France. But what he's trying to tell you, what Paul is trying to communicate to the church is, there's a city that is weighing upon you, and the culture of that city is 
is holy. And in order for you to move into that city, you have to allow the spirit of that city to break things in you. He said, Jerusalem is the mother of us all. He wasn't writing this to the world. He was writing this to God's people. So somebody say, Happy Mother's Day. Jerusalem. Oh, my God. I want to know what y'all are mixed with God is about to show you. Amen. See, women give birth. That's what women do. God created them to parents seed. God created them to nurture. God created them to protect. God created them to show love. But there is no love like a mother's love. There is no love like the love coming from your mother that's in Jerusalem. See, a lot of you, some people say, well, if I move to this city, or if I move to that place, or if I connect with this person, you know how we are? You have those early daydreams, and you have desires to be in other places or to be doing something else. But I'm going to show you a people in the Word of God that they reached a point in their mind that they were not looking for any city in this world. Their mind had already settled that the city that they were looking for had nothing to do with any human hands. It was not in New Orleans or the Crescent City. It was not in the Twin Cities. It was not in the Twin It was not in the Windy City. You know, all of these things, when you read the scriptures, you read, you say, I'm going to the Windy City. Where's the Windy City? Chicago, or the Twin City, who is that? Minnesota, or you want to Paris, the city of love. But how many of us are really sitting in the kingdom of God looking for a city that when the Holy Ghost comes inside of you, that's the city that it comes from. And the burning desire of your heart, if you really have God's spirit, it's going to start putting a drive on the inside of you to get to that city. I feel like I'm traveling, I'm going somewhere. <laughs> oh, church. My Lord. My Lord. Somebody say, the words that he's speaking of spirit and life. When you start walking with God, you got to get your mind renewed. That's why Paul was going to teach the Roman church. He said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Because in order for you to begin to grasp the concepts and the principles that you're going to learn, you're going to have to embrace a new way of thinking. You're going to have to have your mind and your thoughts open to receive when the wisdom of God is presented to you. Amen? Amen. So, Paul has been a writer and he began to say this new city is the mother of us all. That's literally so beautiful because you can literally, Jerusalem has produced so many children. From the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost began to fall, Jerusalem just started producing babies. Jerusalem just started producing children. And all of those children, as you begin to grow in the Lord, this is how you know 
if the Spirit of God is really active in you. If all of your desires are for early things, and if all of your desires are, you know, connected with this or monetary or, you know, that's all that consumes your thoughts, then you really have to start wondering. If your mind, Paul said, if you be risen with Christ, he say, set your affections on things above, where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. Whenever you get the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, that means you have been raised up with Christ out of sin, and now the affections are the things that drive you, the things that motivate you to be the things that's above. Because the only things that motivate you are the things that are on this earth. Then you really have to start wondering if the real Spirit of God is living on the inside of you. Jesus said, when the Spirit of God comes, it's going to testify of me. It's going to hear from me and tell it to you. Meaning it's going to be receiving information from Jerusalem and it's going to be downloaded to you for you to get it. Now, you can't get information from there if your mind is on all types of other things. Oh, God. Let's go over here to the book of Isaiah 66. I think that's 66. We'll come back. This is a good chapter. And there's a lot of principles in here. There's a lot of things you have to get and understand. Amen. Isaiah 66 chapter, and the way this was written, it was really, it was really beautiful. Amen. And there are some things that the prophet began to share with us, and I want you to get them. And it's literally about eight things for you to write down, or type in your notes, however you take notes. I'm going to wait for you to grab a pen or piece of paper or whatever you need to do. You put notes in your phone. I'm going to let you get it because you need this. Amen. Because a lot of times we give up simply because we don't know how things work. We're going to go to Isaiah 66, verse 7 to 14. Okay. When you get there, say Amen. There, Isaiah 66, verse 7 and 14. Before she travailed, she brought forth. And before her pain came, she was delivered of a man child. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion prevailed, she brought forth the children. And shall I bring to the birth and not to bring forth? Said the Lord. Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb? Said thy God. Rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad with her. All you that love her, rejoice for joy, all you that mourn. Suck and be satisfied with the breast of a 
consolations, and that you may look out and be delighted with the abundance of the glory. All right. Y'all know what these scriptures are saying? <laughs> Let's go back to point number one. It says, before she travailed, she brought forth. Has any woman in here ever gave birth to a child before she felt the travail? Can anybody raise their hand and say, you went through a time, nine months, the way God designed it, and when before that baby came out, you didn't feel any pain? Nobody raised their hand. <laughs> you know why? Because that's not how it works. <laughs> you cannot bring forth anything that's been birthed in you without a travailing first. That word travail means, like, anybody ever, what does a contraction feel like? Any of you ever had a contraction and it knocked the wind out of you? I never gave birth. <laughs> I should get all kind of amens. I mean, I see some of holding babies in here. <laughs> when them babies came, when, how you knew that baby was getting ready to come? What y'all felt? And what kicking? What does a contraction feel like? It's like a. <laughs> okay, now we preach it. Say it again. What does a contraction feel like? I need to hear it one more time. What does it make you want to do? Now, that sound more like birth or something. Christians not want to go through the pain of birth great things. <laughs> Why do we think we can go through and just have a smooth? We're trying to birth greatness. We're trying to birth. We're trying to be delivered of things, but we don't want to go through them. <laughs> Since I got two kids, she told me she had two of them. What you did? Weak. See? See, when you feel drained in the spirit, you're right on the verge of breaking through. You're right on the verge of coming out. You're right on the verge of getting delivered. You're right on the verge of coming through that thing because you can let that pain. Say happy Mother Day to that one. So y'all say happy Mother Day five times. 
Sister said, Why would she feel like pushing? I heard that woman in God's song, so I was talking about birthing and painting. We didn't even talk. I heard the Holy Ghost. My teacher was up there telling you, she said, Sometimes a baby in the wrong position. Sometimes God is trying to reposition you. Sometimes that baby kicking and squirming because he's trying to get his head from the top. He's trying to shift all over. And he's trying to get that canal open up. He should see God is repositioning some of you. Let God work that thing out of you. And guess what? When you get that work out of you, 
position of you right now waiting on you. Somebody says, okay, to change position. Somebody says, sometimes you got to go from the front. Feel the back. Work it out. Ain't nothing wrong with working some things out. I've asked someone to say, Pastor, I know God is calling me, but give me some time. Take your time. When you know you got some things you're trying to get together, don't be in a hurry to get in the front. You say, Pastor, give me some time. Say, Pastor, I'm coming. But I just want to be ready. Such a thing. You're in the midst of pain. You're in labor right now. I got a nurse right there. She knows what I'm talking about. You're right on the verge of delivery. And you want to grab that fetus and squeeze it. No! No! Somebody say, I'm on the verge. This goes to getting that sin out of you that's been dominating you for 10 years. And that phone rings and this that person in you. And you say, hey, come on. I mean, don't you hear? I mean, you I mean, you. That's why they keep calling. Because you're so close to victory. That's why. That's why it's hard. Because you come I mean, you right on the verge of your freedom. You right on the verge of your breakthrough. You right on the verge of moving into the holiness that God has designed for you. And so and so just keep calling. That's not an accident. Oh my God. Somebody said, hey, get that. See, that's why we need one another. See, your brother and sister are like travailing somebody. Sometimes you just need somebody to hold your hand while you push. <laughs> Any of you ever just needed a nurse or a doctor for your husband in that witch or just a hurt? I mean, they can't really do nothing. It's just a support. Sometimes you just know that somebody you love is in the delivery room with you and they just holding your hand. Sometimes that just helps you push a little harder. I've seen that prophet said. <laughs> before she prevailed, she brought forth. Point number two, before her pain came, she was delivered of a man child. Point three, who has seen such things? But the prophet is trying to tell you, he's trying to teach you some basic wisdom. He's trying to teach you. That is no way you can become great or get free or deliver, move in the holiness, have a successful anything, lose weight, whatever you try to do. There's no way you can get around the principles of getting where you're trying to go. Too many of us have a quitting spirit. I need to uproot that quitting spirit. You know what? You know how you know if you got a quitting spirit? You start tracing back. You see, you can you can trace a quitting spirit. Just think about all the things you started and didn't finish. Think about all of the times somebody said something you didn't like and you just wanted to quit. You see what I mean? How many relationships you've been in? You walk away. Think about it. That's a mentality. That mentality says, as soon as something happens that I don't like, I'm away from this situation. 
shop on Amazon. Let's see. 2019 robot. I figured that. <laughs> y'all see that image y'all found? What he was doing? What he was in? You see all the rides? <laughs> you see that little ugly computer? You know what he was right there? He was the owner, the CEO, the secretary, the janitor, the, the mail runner, the innovator, who was all, when you start off small, you have everything in that company. He made what? He made a stylus play plan. Now, everybody just, we're in this quick get, get that quick generation, and everybody want to skip over all the principles. And just become Amazon without that experience. <laughs> no, that was the seed form of Amazon. <laughs> I mean, if you got great seeds in you right now, but you're not willing to go through the Amazon seed stage. <laughs> you just want to pop up and be great and everything is flowing smooth. When you start a company, a church, a business, you will have so many kinks to work out. So when you first get married, you got a lot of kind of personality issues to sort through. When you can say you got all kind of old mindsets to work through. And you're working through these things. And when you're starting to make headway, you come across some challenges and you want to abort and give up. But then we get this pain syndrome. Too many of us have this case syndrome. Abel just went to work. He knew what he wanted to do. He knew what he wanted to be. And he just went out there. He got him in, in, that, in that area of his industry. And he learned it. He mastered it. And God blessed him. He, he started excelling. Well, Mr. Shortcut over there. Mr. Shortcut over there. They didn't want to pay a price. They didn't want to go through all the steps to be great. He saw Abel going on and prospering and doing well. Envy and hatred came up in his heart, started working in his members. And instead of them appreciating, because they were in literally two separate industries. And instead of them mastering the industry that he was in, he had his eyes on Abel industry. And not realizing that what he brought to the world, what he brought to society, was just as important as what Abel brought. The difference is Abel paid price to be great. It's going to be quick and easy. Somebody said, Lord, kill that quitting spirit. 
because he's going to always bounce around you and always wonder you never won't get settled. But scriptures give you a principle. After you suffer a while, then God will strengthen you. He will establish you. And he will settle you. You can't get settled with a quitting spirit. Oh my God, I hope I'm helping somebody today. Can I get an amen? Somebody said I done quit for the last time. Somebody said I ain't giving up on this. Somebody said I'm laying low on eternal life and everything else that God has promised me. Somebody said I ain't quitting no more. and confessions. You've got to speak things. And when you speak things, you, you literally have the power. The Bible says, speak those things that do not. Come on, church, I'm going to have you Somebody say, speak those things that be not. As though they were. Somebody say, I will be holy. Somebody say, I will overcome. Somebody say, I will be free. Somebody say, my marriage will work. Somebody say, my kids will pay. Somebody say, my business will succeed. something failing right now, but you should say that with such a defiance. See, you're not defiant enough. See, when the devil comes and you stand out on a venture and the devil comes, you don't have enough defiance in you to say, God has promised me that this is my mountain. If God has promised you something, you got to say, this is my mountain. This is my legacy. This is my inheritance. This is what God has promised me. And I'm willing to go through the pain. I'm willing to go through and pay a price. I'm willing to travail. I'm willing to pay to give birth to what God has promised me. We've got to break that off our minds. And guess what? Paul gave you an attitude. He said, though I was poor, I walked around like I possessed all things. I'm trying to teach you something. You've got to walk with the attitude that is already done. When you're a shallow Christian, your praise God when is done. When you're a mature Christian, your praise God like is done. Your praise God like is already done. You don't wait until the material life to praise God. If you're walking around as a Christian and you're always sad and you're always moping, it's a shallow relationship and you don't know your God. You don't understand that God is in a seed form. It's already done. And God's word is already 
going to do it in secret. Because y'all going to praise him. See, y'all don't really want to praise him once you got everything he done promised you. No, but see, when the seed is in you, that's vision. Vision is a seed. When you speak in it, that's a seed. It's at those forms, at those moments, when the thing is conceived, and God might he already know what it's going to look like. He said he sees those things at the end from the beginning. When he put it in your heart to start your company, he already knows you're going to party a lot of people. Those visions and dreams don't always just come from you. Sometimes God has put those things on the inside of you. But you've got to get that quitting spirit out of you. You've got to get that overnight success mentality out of you. Somebody say it don't work like that. The prophet God sent the prophet to the city and he said, Who has heard of such a thing? You never heard of it. You never even heard of a woman bringing forth with no pain, with no travail. And yet you want instant success with no pain and no travail. Somebody say, It takes time. Somebody say, Pay your booze. When you start out to do something, you're not going to always find the right person to work with you. Sometimes it takes time to get the right business partner. Sometimes it takes the right time to find the right employee. To find somebody that's loyal that you can trust. But you've got to be willing to go through the heartache of loving that person enough, even when they burn you, and say, you know what? I love you, but God is going to send the right person at the right time. And keep on going on your vision. See, the word I'm speaking to you today, this is the seed form of great things coming in a manifestation. That brother said, I receive it in Jesus' name. See, a lot of you going to miss it because you want to rejoice when you see the tree. You think the farmer rejoices when he got one orange in his hand or a bag of seeds? See, somebody with knowledge, they rejoice when they got a bag of seeds. See, if you got a bag of seeds in your spirit, see, I don't know how many of you got a bag of seeds in your head. See, if you had a bag of seeds, if you had some things you would believe in God for that you needed to hear the word to know if it was God, then I came to let you know if you got seeds in your head. Of the promised land and 
defeated him again. The Bible says he destroyed them in the wilderness. Oh my God. Anybody got some seeds in the in the heart? Y'all believe in God to do some things? Then that does all the seed. If you haven't met a problem, stop speaking. Stop putting seeds in there. Stop putting love and kindness and gentleness and joy. You've got to start playing what you want to grow. Now you can play. God said, Pastor, you can plant this seed in a desert. The man was going to look like a desert, all dry, nothing growing, and you can just start speaking. We're going to have a healthy marriage. We're going to have a successful marriage. See, let me teach you how the mind works. When you start saying, I can't, it shut down. Your mind shuts down. See, that clean spirit, it causes you to shut down. All creativity, all ingenuity, all innovation is gone. But when you say, how can I? Your imaginations open up. This is how you are designed. You are designed. So that's why I'm trying to break that mentality because a lot of you are being withheld from the things of God just because you have the wrong way of thinking. And the worst thing you can do when you walk with God is base your future life on your family life. When you've been reborn, you've got a whole new lineage attached to you. I told y'all your mother is Jerusalem from above. Oh, my God. Well, I need to be preaching. I need some seed people. <laughs> now, nah, I leave, bro. I look like some of them seeds have dried up a little bit. But Paul say one plant, one water. I think I'm water. Y'all can feel some water in y'all seed. <laughs> Anybody can feel the water in the Holy Ghost. I'm throwing some see one plant, one water. I think I'm watering some seeds today. But how do you know? Because you're starting to believe again. Say, come by hearing. Hear my word of God. If you hear it, then that's watering your seeds again. He didn't say hear that a man is speaking. He's talking about hearing or perceiving what God is saying. Oh, my God. Say, what am I seeing? Don't give God a hand clap. I'm still there. I like that. That man praying in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says we can bless God in English or bless Him with the Spirit. Sometimes you just did. The Bible says Jesus rejoiced in Spirit. Don't you know you can rejoice in Spirit? Whenever those two women met, they got so excited. Mary over here, Elizabeth over there, John, Mom, and Jesus, Mama. Them, they, they just come in and say, hey, how y'all doing? John, Mary, Jesus, he, the Bible said, the babies just started leaping in the room. See, they started leaping in the scene for You got to learn how to leap when it's in the room. You can't wait until it's materialized. It's in the room. You need to be leaping. Why? Because God changes your life as the seed fall. Jesus 
say the seed is the word of God. But the word of God is the seed. When God's word is coming to you, and it's coming in the seed form, that's the beginning of a big old tree blooming up. Well, I might have to praise him for y'all today. Because I got some seeds in the ground. <laughs> I'm preaching to y'all, but I'm thinking, okay, what kind of, where are my seeds at? That's why the Bible says, let us not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, somebody say in due season, <laughs> everything I planted is going to come up. Do y'all believe that? <laughs> Somebody said a tree is coming. Because I've been playing. I don't know what kind of seeds you have, but that praise is right there going to cause every seed to come up out of there. See that praise right there? That's a fake praise. That's somebody that's been on God. That's somebody that's been believing God for a long time. Every seed that's been in the ground that you've been believing God for, you can start to look for. God is going to make a start to sprout up. So y'all want to praise him now. Y'all like, God, don't forget about my seed. <laughs> I can feel it. They're like, God. And let me tell you something. See, even if your prayers is on delay, he will see that too. Let me tell you who y'all reminded me of right there. There was a man sitting on the side of the road. And he was blind. And somebody started playing seeds, Jesus, in the area. And he started hearing that Jesus was in the area. He just heard a seed. He heard that Jesus can heal him. He heard, see level, that Jesus can open his eyes. He heard that Jesus had opened other people's eyes. And just at that sea level, he started screaming at the sea level. See? See? And if you're not screaming at the sea level, you can't see it. But that man was blind. And he started saying, Jesus. He just heard he was in the area. See, I'm telling y'all, Jesus is in the area. Y'all can sit there looking. I'm going to get The only way you're going to get this seat out of the ground today is by praise. I'm going to tell you right now, long faces ain't going to get this seat to come up. You believe in God to do some things. You better start praising him right now. You better praise him like you already did it. You better praise him like it's already done. You better praise him like the marriage is back together. You better praise him like your child already saved. You better praise him like it's already done. Because guess what? It's already done. It just got to materialize. Yeah. 
motion. You're not ready to put it in motion. What you got to see is done already. See, I'm not going to be like them to people that was bottom there screaming. The Bible said when he started screaming, they started saying, be quiet, be quiet. Don't talk, don't talk. But the Bible said, the more they tell him to be quiet, the louder he got. See, if the devil telling you it ain't done, that's the more you should be screaming. That's the louder you should be calling on Jesus. Say, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, it's already done. Somebody say, you're already free. Walk in. I'm not trying to preach your experiences. I'm trying to preach the reverence. See, the Bible said, let the weak say they're strong. He didn't say, ah. He said, if you weak, start saying you're strong. We can start saying you're strong before you're strong. That's what the Bible says. And that word led means allow. So I'm your big brother in the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell the devil, allow these weak people to say they're strong. Speak to the house and tell them, get out of the way, let the people gain some strength. He told them, keep on the house, get out of the way, and let the people gain some strength. Whatever you're dealing with, I'm speaking to get out of the way and let God's people gain some strength. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. He told one prophet, speak to the wind.
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, come on, somebody let the Holy Ghost wash you. Come on, New Jerusalem is visiting this place. Come on, heaven is Jerusalem. In the name of Jesus. Oh, my God. Come on, we birthing something. Come on, let's burn. We birthing, we birthing. Come on, we birthing, we birthing. Birthing, oh God. Birthing, oh God. Birthing, oh God. Birthing, oh God. Jesus. Spirit break out. Spirit break out. Spirit break out. In the name of Jesus. Sometimes people have been going through things a long time. 
Hallelujah. Let God visit him. Amen. It's uncontrollable. Let her be. Hallelujah. She don't bother me at all. Lord God. She can keep praying. I'll just bring in the back. Amen. I want us to, I want to finish it. I'm trying not to disturb it. I don't want to, amen, experience what God is doing for her. Hallelujah. And amen. We got a place for her. Hallelujah. Take in the room and pray with her. I'm away. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen. That's fine if she came over. That's fine. Hallelujah. I'm going to just, y'all just help us get through it. I won't be long. God bless him. Amen. I'm almost done. Amen. Okay. So, point number six. And this is what just happened. He said, For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Anybody just travail? <laughs> now the word says, if you just travail, that's a principle. When you travail, you produce. And travailing proceeds production. So if you travail, you produced. You've got to know that. So don't go back to the way you thought before you travail. But walk like you produce something. Amen. Don't go back out of here like something didn't just happen. By faith, if you travail, produced. Amen. That was the point. Point number seven. <laughs> Listen. The prophet said, Shall I breathe to the burnt and not talk to bring forth it? Y'all hear what God is saying? Shall God bring you right up to delivery and not complete the process? Somebody say, that's not how God operates. Somebody say, if God put it in the world, He intends for it to be done. At its full time, not premature, and not avoid it. I'm about to say in due season. Hallelujah. Y'all can give him a hand clap. All right. Let's go to John 16. 19 to 22. You don't beat the devil with hype, you beat the devil with the word. <laughs> you gotta understand when you're in these processes, you gotta understand what stage you're in. You gotta understand. See, women, they know they're in the first month, and the fourth month, and the sixth month, ninth month, and you adjust your behavior according to what month you're in, right? 
So it is in the spirit. You need to know where you are. You need to know if it's in the seed form or if it's right there ready to come through. And the devil going to fight you at every stage. But you got to know if God has brought you to the point of birth, he intends for it to be birth. Hallelujah. Let's go to John 16, verse 19 and 22. 2.22. Oh, man. Sister Jennifer, can I get that sign one more time? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Look what he said. Verse 19. It says, Now Jesus knew that they were desired to ask him, and said unto them, Do you inquire among yourselves of what I said? A little while, and you shall not see me, and then a little while, and you shall see me. Very, verily, I say unto you, that you shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and you shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. How many of you know sometimes in your birthing process, you get sorrowful? Anybody ever had morning sickness? Anybody? And she said, oh, <laughs> that was sorrowful, right? I've seen sometimes, see, this is something you got to get. I just, I felt this. See, I've seen where some women, they've gone through this process and they're so painful. And they'll say these words. I'm never having another baby. Do I have any witnesses? Anybody ever was tough so much birth? If I am not having another child, you said that on your first one now. And then you have four more. There's a reason for that, though. You know why? She has sorrow because the hour is come. But somebody say, y'all read this with me because this is what y'all just said. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish, the joy that a man is born into the world. That's why you can move from that first one and do it again. Because even though you felt so much pain and you didn't want nobody to touch you, you didn't want nobody to bother you, you scream like that. You did all of that. But when that baby came out and they went wrapped up, baby in that other room, and when they walked back in and they laid that baby on your arm, all your heart just started melting. And you just say, oh my, you literally forgot. But you wanted to throw everybody out of the room 10 minutes ago. Can I get an amen? That's why you do it again. So it is in the spirit. It's works the same way. What the Bible says, though you be in heaviness through manifold temptations. 
And you know, there's some things we call a groping that they make you feel heavy and sorrowful. But that's the birthing process. And being a boy, when it gets hard, when it gets sorrowful, at those moments, just know, okay, hey, it's right there. And guess what? The harder and more frequent the contractions, the closer you are to the bird. Can I get an amen on that? Don't make it harder and quicker. Someone you say, well, golly, I just came out of this trial. Look like I got another trial. And then another. Man, I just, golly, look like I just went through that tools and this third I'm going through. And then you're going through that and then another will come. And then you get to Saturday, something totally different pop up. And now you say, okay, I'm on my way to church. I'm going to get a word. Sunday morning, something pop up. And you're just like, well, what is going on? You're getting ready to burn. Saints, let us enjoy the presence of God for a moment. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God.
So God is beginning to worship as we pray at the altar today. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come before you today, God. God, begin to pour out of your spirit right now, God. God, begin to strengthen your people right now, God, as we worship before you. God, as we stand in your presence right now, heavenly Father, heavenly God. Heavenly Father, 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 Heavenly Father,